Coming up on this week's episode, we're talking Sheffield United, the game that everyone was talking about on the weekend, Chelsea versus Aston Villa, and also the North London derby. Liam's got a quiz this week. I've got some more Wonders of White and a Who Am I? So let's get started. Hello and welcome to a new episode of View from the Sideline podcast. It's Chris here and Liam is here as, as well. Hello, Liam. Hey, Chris. How you doing? Can I can tell you're smiling. <laughs> like a cat. Just a little bit. Uh-huh. Just a little bit. So it was the, the View from the Sideline podcast derby. It's the best derby going. Uh, better than <laughs> any other derby in football. It is uh, for me at the minute. It used to be all right for me because yeah. Richardson podcast used to be Tottenham all the time. So uh, the, the the view from the sideline podcast derby uh, was seemed to go in my favour all the time. But I mean, even last year we didn't beat you, did we? So no. <laughs> I've nothing to smile about when we play Villa. No, we do, we um, don't win at Stamford Bridge very often as a rule. Uh, I think I. I read somewhere that was the first time we'd won two years in a row since 1933 or something like that. Uh, no, might, that might might be in your Wonders of White a little bit later I've on. Been, I've been present at a Villa game once before, um, and it was very much one-sided. But, um, if only we could play like that again. Um, that that one doesn't count. And that, yes, I have mentioned that game again. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, we don't we don't mention that one. That, it doesn't count. Um, it wasn't a Villa team that I recognise. So, I mean, yeah. even I didn't recognise that Villa team. No, <laughs> no. I think all, we all Villa fans have put that team like way, way, way in the depths you of think, our memory, never to Brad come out. Guzan has cold sweats in the night. <laughs> yeah. Um, the only thing that was going for us, I think, you missed a penalty that day. Yeah, we did. Yeah, that was that was the only yeah. the only relief was that it could have yeah. been a lot worse. But it, it anyway. is the, the highest scoring game that I have been to. Um, so yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about more about Chelsea uh, um, in a minute. Um, but first, we're gonna. I think we should start with Sheffield United first. Yeah, from from um, one eight eight nil to another. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, well done. Yeah. Nice I should have done that. <laughs> um, it, what a strange result. I didn't get to see the game, but um, I was sort of like clicking on and off my phone to see, you know, you know what the score was, and then I kind of saw at half time it was it was three nil, and then I looked again and it was four nil, and I thought oh, they've won that. I didn't bother looking until uh, probably about a half an hour after the game finished, and I saw it was eight nil, and I thought, oh, what's gone wrong here? I mean, <clears throat> seeing the highlights, I mean. The amount of time that Sheffield United defence were just, there was just massive gaps in the defence yep. between the two centre backs. There was what, I think it was Almiron, he literally ran right through the middle of yep. the, the, their two central defenders. He didn't even have the ball. And the <laughs> yeah, ball was straight run. And then he was just, it was like a dead straight ball straight to him. And no one, no one went <laughs> near him. It was so, so strange. And the amount of goals that they scored where the defence just, seemed very, very sort of lackluster and just didn't look sort of motivated at all. I mean, you know, there's surely going to be questions asked today of of the team and maybe, you know, even even the manager Heckenbottom, I don't know. We've seen managers... Well, especially Hassan, who he's, yeah. he's the king of losing by about eight goals, isn't he? And he still yeah. managed to keep his job. So, um, obviously, no rash decisions will be made. Um, I did see that they are short on players at the moment. I saw that their injury and suspension list is about 10 at the moment. But, I mean, you just don't really expect it. Uh, <clears throat> you know, they've got Egan and Robinson, who you know, in their own right, you know, have played Premier League football before, haven't they? Yeah, so, you yeah. know, you'd think that they would, you know, they, they would know how to uh, stop, obviously, you know, them getting through. Um, but, 
It was what a strange, a strange game. result. What a strange result. Yeah. I mean, for them, it, it's it's not motivating whatsoever. I mean, no. and when you think goal difference is so key these days, especially down that end of the the table, I mean, you know, that, that's a huge, huge chunk early on as well. Yeah, it's um, it was surprising how quickly they gave up yesterday. So I did manage to watch most of the game. They looked, they were all right to begin with, and what, as soon as Newcastle scored, their heads dropped, and it was like a Those, different side. There was well, no fight whatsoever. The first goal, half of them had their hands in the air, thinking that it had gone out. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. Paid for the whistle, isn't it? It's not like yeah. uh, you know they just left themselves so exposed for that first goal. It's, it just seemed to to be like, oh, it's not our day today. Uh, heads dropped and then they I mean Newcastle honestly they could have had probably twice the amount of goals that they did actually end up getting but what I thought was strange was after the game in the um, in the interviews the manager said we expect these results and I thought well that's probably uh-huh. the last the last thing that you want to hear when you've yeah, yeah. lost lost 8-0 as a player to hear your manager come out and say yeah we expect to get beat like that it's just um Thought it was a bit of odd phrasing. I think I think what he meant to say was, we expect you know tough games. We expect we we know we're not going to win every game, but it was more about the attitude, and the attitude was yeah. awful. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back. Like you mentioned, Harsen Hutter was king of bouncing back from huge defeats. Southampton were pretty good at it under him. I think every time they lost nine nil, they went out and either won the next game or they. Like got a draw at Man City, I think, for one of them as well. So it'll be interesting to see if Sheffield United can do the same thing. I'm not sure who their next fixture is, um, um, but they just they just didn't show any fight or willing, which is it's not the Sheffield United that I've sort of grown up knowing, where they you know scrap for everything and really play for the shirt. But I mean, I've got to be honest, even after. I know they were probably about four or five nil down at this point, but even probably about after an hour, the fans started leaving, and that's not a normal thing for a Sheffield United game. They, they always stay till the end. A few of them did, but you know, I, I wouldn't begrudge anybody leaving when it got to eight nil. Don't get me wrong, but it's just it's not like them. It just wasn't it wasn't a normal Sheffield United day. There, there was no intense atmosphere like you expect at Bramall Lane. Um, but credit to Newcastle, I think they played well. Obviously, Sheffield United did give them the space, uh, but in order to quieten that crowd and to play as well as they did early on, even when the game was relatively even, Newcastle was still creating chances. And they're looking like a team this year. <laughs> I mean, they've won, they beat us 5-1, beat Sheffield United 8-0, and I think they've they've lost every other Premier League game. So they're going to be a fun one to watch this year. Yeah, Sheffield United got West Ham away and then Fulham away next. Um, so, yeah, um, difficult games. West, you know, West Ham. Have well, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, they've and then they got Arsenal, I think, after that. So, oh, nice. Yeah, they're definitely going to need to turn it around pretty quickly yeah. as well. But they're, they're, again, they haven't really. Spent huge amounts, have they? The um, before the season, no. Um, they got a few loans. I think they got um, Luke Thomas from Leicester, and they've got James McAtee. Yeah. Obviously, they signed Nate from you, didn't they? Um, Cam Archer. Archer. Yeah. yeah. Hamer from Coventry came in as well. Um, he's probably been the one bright spark for them, I think, this season. He got a goal the yeah. other week, didn't he? And um, and he's looked good. And I know you mentioned Premier League experience, and we've criticised Luton for for not really bringing in Premier League experience. But all right, Cam Archer, he's he's been in a Premier League side. He's not had many minutes in the Premier League, but we know what he's capable of. He's done it in the League Cup and, and things like that. He's done it on loan in the Championship. So he's got game experience for a young player. Um, and looking at their other signings, OK, Hamer was, was from the Championship. But Tom Davis they bought in as well. Good Premier League experience there. 
Um, like you mentioned, Jack Robinson has, has played in the Premier League for, for a number of years, so should be better than that. Norwood was in with the Premier League with them last time around. John Egan, the yeah. captain as well, like you mentioned. McBurney, people like that. They stayed with them through the relegation and they brought them back up again. So you would expect them to just show a little bit more fight. Um, I, I was I was very surprised by the attitude. It's just not like a not like a Sheffield United side no. that, that I remember. We'll have to wait and see what they um, what they can do because obviously they can't really be having too many more games like that because they will find themselves in trouble very early. So um, yeah, we'll move on to the uh, North London derby next. Um, Pretty good game, you know. From, it was uh, from what I saw. I mean, quite a few mistakes within the game, and I mean, Declan Rice coming off at half time. I don't think helped Arsenal at all, because um, mm. obviously Jorginho was probably at fault for the uh, the second Sun goal. Um, but um, yeah, a, a very good game, and two teams that you know on paper seem very matched. I mean. You know, at this early stage of the season, those two and Liverpool probably are the ones that you think are going to try and mount a, a challenge on Man City. But um, I heard today on the radio that um, someone on Talk Sports was dismissing um, their title chances, both of them, purely on the fact that they don't have that striker like a Haaland um, in their team. I know Son is scoring a few goals, but I don't think he's ever going to score. No, you know he's he's never going to make up for the goals that Harry they've lost in Harry Kane. So, um, I mean, it, it, I think we touched on it last week, and we were both I think, surprised at the start that Tottenham have had, considering you know they lost Kane um, and they lost the goals from him. Mm-hmm. But you know, at present they seem to be doing pretty well without him. I mean, Madison and Son are clearly the two players that you know they're they're focusing on. You know, when they're going forward, um, Madison is the provider, you know, and Son is the finisher. But you kind of look at Arsenal, um, you know, their lineup, Eddie and Ketia, I mean, mm. it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's a difficult one because I just, for me, he's not going to get you the goals, is he? When you think about over, you know the the course of a season, and you got Gabriel Jesus as well in the team, and he's playing out wide. Yeah. Um, so for, for me, they are missing that key striker. You know, they sign Havertz. I don't know. I really don't know where they think he plays his best. I, you know, whether it's behind the striker or as the number nine. But yeah, I don't think they know yet. I think he, he's he's already played in a couple of different positions. And they're not getting the best out of him at the moment. I know there's a long way to go, but yeah, I think even even if they were to play him in, in the right position, like you say, just behind that striker, he still needs someone up there with him that's going to get yeah. 25 goals a year. It was um, a very even game, though. Um, I think Tottenham just picked it on possession, um, but shots-wise and... Everything else, they they were just cancelling each other out. Really, if you go back and look at the stats, you know, it was, yep. a, it was a close game, and you know, to be fair, a draw probably does them both good. Really, I mean, I think it's Villa that are just behind them at the moment. So, yeah, Villa and Brighton representing at the top of the table, but yeah, yeah, I like you say, Arsenal, I think are lacking a a, a world class striker. I know Anketia got an England call up, but I don't, I don't personally see what he's done to fully deserve it just yet. I think he needs to go on a decent run, you know, get a good season behind him where he gets 15 to 20 goals so he can prove himself. Yeah. Um, Spurs, we said last season that they were lacking a lot in midfield. I still don't think they're as good as the the teams around them, but I think they've unearthed a really good player in Saar. He's looked good every time I've seen him play. Um, didn't I don't think he had his best game against Arsenal, but um, 
just his presence and his energy, I think, is something that Spurs have been lacking for the last couple of seasons. So yeah. I think he's, he's fitted in really well. Basuma started playing with a little bit of form as well at the start of this season, which was, um, yeah, it's been a, a, a little while in coming. Um, I'm now looking at Spurs' defence. I mean, we were talking before the game about <laughs> the people that lost points on Fantasy League for having Romero in the side. But yeah. it is those kind of individual errors. I mean, I, I can't <clears> blame him <throat> for the own goal. That That's not... It, it, there's not much you can do. It's a deflected no, shot that's no, no. gone in. But, you know, it's things like the, like the penalty. Just having your arm in that position in the first place is, is always going to give you problems. Dangerous, yeah. yeah, it's just... It's little things like that that you probably wouldn't get from a Ruben Diaz or a Van Dijk or, or something, you know, someone like that, a world-class defender. So, um they're getting there, Spurs. They are getting there. They're playing well. I still think there's a few gaps, and I think maybe come the end of the season, there'll be a few games they'll look back on that they'll have dropped points on that they, they probably wouldn't have expected to. But it's a, it's a good step forward for them this year, and I think it's the closest they've been um, for a good sort of 18 months, two years yeah. to Arsenal. Uh, so to see them go to Arsenal and to match them in every way, They'll be. I think they'll come away the, the happier team with with that result. But it was a really good game. It was end to end, and you never know with those derbies. They can either be full of goals, full of talking points, like they were at the weekend, or it can be the most boring nil nil you ever see because neither team wants to concede. So it was nice to see two teams go and really attack the game. Um, and yeah, they made a real spectacle of it. And just lastly, on it, obviously David Raya coming in from Brentford. Um, he was picked ahead of Ramsdale um, on Sunday so it's just obviously what's going to happen there because obviously for Ramsdale he wants to be England number one as well but he's not going to be England number one if he's sat on the bench week in week out so it might be a, a rotational thing maybe one week one plays the other week and obviously they've got Champions yeah. League as well so He's he's mentioned using substitutes, hasn't he? For like you know, starting Raya on the bench and, and bringing him on to to change a, a game. Yeah, I just I think that's really really dangerous. Yeah, I, I just I I, yeah. I, as a as a defence, I think you like to know who's behind you at all times. You like to trust yeah. the person behind you at all times and. Just changing midway through a game, I just think it can only lead to disruption and, and a bit of confusion in your back line. Um, I do feel sorry for Ramsdale, and I don't think he's done much particularly wrong. Oh, yeah, especially I don't, this season. Yeah, he's wrong, really. no, he's a, I've always said he, he's a great shot stopper. He's got really good reflexes. He gets across his goal really well. He's, he's quick. He's not bad with his feet, I don't think. Um, I think, you know, personally, he, he is who I would put as England's number one. But with Pickford playing so often, it, it makes sense for him to to stay at number one for the moment until he lets England down. Um, but on ability, I, I think Ramsdale's definitely up there with the best of them at the minute. And I feel a little bit sorry for him that he's, he's going to be spending a bit of time on the bench. But it's going to make either of them unhappy to sit on the bench. I thought personally yeah. Raya was going to come and be second choice. It's only a loan for now, so yeah. really he's only going to be there a maximum of a season anyway, unless they decide to make that loan permanent. But if he's been sat on the bench for a year, he probably wouldn't want to join and make it permanent. So it was kind of a no-brainer for me to, to keep him on the bench. Um, but yeah, one of them is going to be an unhappy keeper, I think, by the end of this. Yeah, we'll have to uh, keep an eye on that one. Um, I suppose we better talk about it. Uh, the Chelsea Villa came yesterday. I've been waiting uh, patiently. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a pretty even game. I mean, I think you know Villa created the more chances, but I, I felt that before the sending off Chelsea, although they hadn't created as many chances, I thought they had the better chances. Um, it just seems to be the same old for Chelsea. They just can't seem to find the back of the net. I mean, when Sterling got through on goal, it just it just felt for me that he he just he got lost. It was, he didn't know whether to pass or to shoot. By the time they he'd, he'd been tackled, so um, 
Yeah, and obviously, the, I guess the sending off sort of swayed the game into your direction, really. And, you know, as soon as, soon as it, you know, we were down to men, there was, you, there, you could see straight away that the amount of pressure, you know, that they were, the Chelsea defence were under, uh, we just seemed to be dwindling in numbers when you were on the attack. Um, and we managed to withstand it for a good 15 minutes, but I think it was inevitable that, you were you were going to get a goal. I mean, I was a bit annoyed, really, with the goalie, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah. Sanchez, because he'd made some really, really good saves throughout the game. Yeah. And then, yeah, to, to get it in from that angle, I mean, it would have had to be some strike, but when the goalkeeper's got his legs open, I mean, yeah. you know, it, it, it wasn't great, if I'm honest, but... You know, right. we we could have been a couple down if it wasn't for him. So he made he did make some cracking saves in the first half. I thought we 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 looked all, all right in the first half. I thought we were. I don't I don't want to say better. It, it was an even game in chances in the first half. Sanchez made a couple of great saves, but they were all long long range shots from us mostly. Um, but then the yeah. second half, I think. I do actually think Poch figured out how to play against us. We were playing with a ridiculously high line again. And you had, I think, two or three one-on-one chances. Um, Not all of them were offside either. There was a few few times where you you genuinely got in. I think you actually scored twice, didn't you? And they were both ruled out for offside. Um, It might have been... There might have only been one or... or it was Zazie's header, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, we just kept getting caught offside with free kicks. It was just yeah. we kept getting caught offside. Yeah, there was a few few really big chances that you think if you'd have just held your run for another two seconds, you'd yeah. be in. Um, but, yeah, like you say, sending off changed the game. I, I, thought, I do think you figured this out in the second half, and I think if there was going to be a winner, it probably would have been Chelsea. But as soon as that red card happened... You changed your shape a little bit, allowed us to come onto you a bit more and play more on the counter attack, and still look dangerous. But yeah, we did. Li- yeah, li- but... Just that final pass, like you say, that final pass, that final shot. You- you're getting in the right positions, but you can just tell you you're not a team that's yeah. high on confidence at the minute. I mean, I thought Mudrick had one of his better games, if I'm honest. Yeah. He um, created quite a lot. He, he, he did was, a few assists. He's given Matty Cash a bit of a headache down, he was, down yeah. that side. And, and this is the first time I'd seen Mudrick actually, you know, try and take people on and then actually get a, a half-decent ball into the box. So, I mean, you know, he, he was playing well. Like like you said, like, second half up until the sending off, you know, we were creating a lot, a lot of chances, uh, but we just couldn't score. It, it, it just wouldn't. And it's not like we even really tested your goalie, really, did we? When you think about it, did there's Martin... a few, what, few one-on-ones that he he managed to save. I think the Chilwell one. Um, I can't remember if was it straight after we scored. I think Chilwell went up the other end and had a one-on-one. That was yeah. a decent, that was a decent save, but but other than that, it was just coming out and making himself big. I think there yeah. was a Sterling chance. He, he just he just spread himself and Sterling hit him in the chest. There's a lot of those kind of chances. Um, where obviously Martinez has come away with a save, but it's just coming out and blocking a shot. It's not, you know, he didn't make a diving save. It wasn't going in the top corner or anything like that. He just came out and smothered it. So, but yeah, I, I've got to admit, I am a little bit nervous about our high line. I don't, it looks like it's an Emery tactic. Well, yeah, we were fo- we were finding, you know, especially Jackson because he is quite quick. He's deceivingly yeah. quick. I mean. He just, yeah, I, we just need a goal. We got Brighton Wednesday in the EFL Cup, so I'm hoping Brighton just put our reserve side <laughs> to yeah. pay some goals in, even though <laughs> yeah. I probably won't even beat them. But um, refereeing yesterday was a bit contentious. Yeah. Um, this, I think we discussed earlier, uh, the, the sending off was a sending off, but the amount of replays it took the referee to come to the decision, I thought, was a bit... Bit strange. I thought if you've had to view it 15 times, I think maybe you're kind of questioning if it should be a red card or not, but it was a red card. Uh, finishing the, the first half a minute and 
well, ninety seconds too early. Yeah. That was a bit strange. That was, str- there, yeah. and there was a there was a number of, I'm not, there was a number of like smaller incidents that yeah. I just didn't well, figure two, out where they came from. So that's two that, on one. Yeah, when you got for a goal. And you had two, you two against fully brought it back for a free kick. Yeah, there <laughs> was, a, a, and was there was just a few like I don't know. It just there was. I think there was one point where your player went down under a tackle from one of our players, and he gave the free kick to us. And it it was just there was some really like the, I think you're, you're right. The major decision I think he, he did get right, but there was just a few. Little decisions dotted around over the park that I was just watching, thinking, "Well, how's he come to that decision?" It was frust- the 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 counter attack that we were on was frustrating because it wasn't even a case of our players are behind him or or anything like that. They were clearly in view yeah, and bearing yeah. down on goal, like they were Thiago in his eyeline. It's Thiago Silva, so you you had yeah. the pace, uh, and that would have killed the game off there and then. Yeah. That would have been two now, would have been done. Yeah, it was. It was straight. So I thought. I went, I thought. Well, he's brought it back clearly for a Chelsea free kick, and it was a Villa free kick. And I was thinking, well, why was he not playing on? Right. It, it wasn't even like a major foul. It was like a small tug on the shirt that I don't even think our player went down for. I, it was just a strange decision. And yeah, the the first half ending. Well, yeah, it was like a minute, ninety seconds too early. All, all the players just looked very confused. Well, they were talking. They were trying to say to him, "There's still yeah, time on the, on the game." That, like, that, is, you... that is the thing that I I really didn't understand was that yeah. get, and referees. I I don't know whether they're told not to do it, but they just don't engage. Like you watch a rugby game. I know we can hear the the mics of of the referees in, in a rugby union game, so it, it seems like they're interacting with the players more, but. When a player goes up, like he's, he's playing for half time. He's, no one went up aggressively to him. There was just a few players that, that were questioning why he's blowing the whistle, and he just never answered. He just shakes his head, no, yeah. away you go. There's, there was no answer. There was nothing like, oh, yeah, the, the board was a mistake or, or something like that. It was just very odd. Very, very odd. And I, I don't like that with referees. I'd like them to to show a bit more of a human side and actually talk to players, but maybe it's because they're not mic'd up that we don't see it very often. But that he just seemed very dismissive in the game. I think any time a, a decision was questioned, he just walked away. It was very odd, very odd. Strange, strange. I mean, who's you, you got next? Uh, that is a good question. I'm not actually too sure. Uh, we, well, we have got Everton in the League Cup um Wednesday night. Oh, you got Brighton. Oh, we. Oh, right. Home, oh, home so to Brighton. Oh, twelve thirty kickoff as well. You've got a nice home tie in the Europa Conference next week against Zurnshigi. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that we could talk about a win this week because I wasn't too happy with our midweek performance. We've got um, Fulham and Burnley next, both away. Two uh, very winnable games. Yeah, but. The, then we go on a run of uh, Arsenal at home, Brentford at home, Tottenham away, City at home, Newcastle away, Brighton at home, and Man United at home. So, wow. <laughs> we need to start scoring some goals. I was going to find ourselves in a bit of bother. But yeah, uh, that's it for part one. We're back in part two where Liam's got a quiz, but I'm not too sure what it's about <laughs> he's messaged me and I'm not it's sure what's going on but yeah uh, it's so very very much a Marmite quiz it's okay. you're either going to love it or absolutely loathe this one but we'll see we'll see uh, as a who am I and uh, some more wonders of white so we'll be back in part two Hello and welcome back to part two of this week's episode. And we're going to go into some Wonders of White. Um, so the first one, it actually touches on something we spoke about earlier, um, about Newcastle. So Newcastle, the first team in the Premier League history to have eight different players score in a single game, excluding own goals. So you had Longstaff, Byrne, Botman, Wilson, Gordon, Almiron, Guimaraes and Isaac. They did share it around and uh, yeah, yeah that, could have been many the more. The definition of the 
Can you tell me the previous record, which was seven? I'll give you another clue. It might be that game that I went to. Oh, no. (laughs) No, I can't. It was actually joint. Um, So, (laughs) uh, yeah, so it was uh, Chelsea Villa in December 2012. And May United versus Southampton in 2021. Uh, I just want, I just want to say, I just want to say that 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 game, that the the one that we don't talk about but always end up talking about, that was it. I want to say Boxing Day. Was it a Boxing Day game? No, no, no. Because I, I, I've never been to, but it was a week before. It might have been oh, a week, two weeks before Christmas. It, it was. It was close enough to ruin Christmas. Like that is a horrible memory for me. I know I probably would have been about 22 at the time, but it, it's, it ruined Christmas for that year. I've got the map. I'll have to send you the match programme so you have a little look at it. I, I'm quite all right, cheers, mate. All right. Yeah. <laughs> if I want it, I'll just look it up online. Okay, all right. Uh, okay, uh, that was an additional one to the... Because I was, I was looking through the stats, and then I thought, wow, there must be a team who's had seven different goals. <laughs> it came straight up, and I was like... I've got to add this to the, to the <laughs> thing. Um, I'll so let you Ke- have it. Yeah, Kieran Trippier is the uh, is is the second player in the Premier League history to assist three headed goals in a single game. I mean the 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 level the one he's on level with. I mean, I, I, we would be here for weeks if I asked you to guess this player's name. Because so three one, three assist three headed goals that they assisted. Yeah. So this was. The uh, joint with that is from February 2015, and it was the game between Crystal Palace and West Ham. And player... Uh, Milivojevic? No, no, it's Jason Punchin. Oh, okay, yeah, I'd, I, I would have been here all day. Yeah. Um, this one, I mean, is, is a cracker. Um in 72 Premier League visits as a manager to face Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool and Manchester United, David Moyes has won zero of them. <laughs> He's drawn 21 and lost 51. He's lost his last 13 trips to those four teams. And he was so desperate to beat United when he was Everton manager. And then the second he left, Everton came to Old Trafford and beat him as well. Yeah. That was, yeah... Wow. Yeah. That's a shocker. That's a that really shocker. That is a shocker, yeah. Um, and this one is, is another Chelsea one. So it's about Mr. Gusto that got sent off yesterday. Yep. So he's only, tw- he's only 20. Uh, so 20 years and 128 days. He's the third youngest Chelsea player to receive a red card in the Premier League. Uh, so in 2004, at 19 years old and 264 days, uh, was Robert Hoof. Oh, yeah. I also get uh, to play The record holder uh, is for John Obi Mikel. Uh, he was 19 and 175 days against Reading in 2006. Wow. I also think that is the game, the Petr Cech game, that, where he got yes. in the head. I think it's that game. I think it was that game. Because after that, it did... I think... <sighs> I think Reading actually got some sent off as well at the same time. Uh, but yeah, that was, I think that's that game. So yeah. Good uh, facts. Yeah, good facts. Okay, let's get on with this quiz. Should we do this? Right. Okay. Yes. Um, I'll be interested to see how this goes. So, I'm it's slightly, slightly different this week. I'm not going to lie. It's, I'm a little it's, it's, so this week, it's all about connections. Right, okay. So I'm going to give you some clues yeah. for each question, and you've basically got to find the link or yeah, the yeah. connection or the yeah. next in the... Yeah, I'll, I'll explain it as I go. So there are a couple of extra points available, um, if I can remember to tell you which question they're available for. So I've, I'll, I'll, I've started off fairly easy. Are you ready for question number one? I'm ready for question number one. Okay, so what connects these four players... Right, Romelu, Romelu Lukaku, Nemanja Matic, Graham Lasso, 
and David Louise. Well, I mean, there's an obvious connection that they've all played for Chelsea. Uh, but that, is that... that is, but there's there's a little bit more. There's a little bit more. Okay, they... I mean, Graham Lasso is a bit of a curveball. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you're, you're very. You're, you are. You are close, but there's just a little bit. They've all played. I actually no 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 no. I think I've got this one now. Are these players that have played for Chelsea twice? Correct. Yeah, they yeah. are indeed players I, that have I, played I, for Chelsea twice. Matic and yeah. I mean, Lasso was a huge curveball. It was a question. Yeah. I I, to be fair, I didn't even know that until this afternoon when I was putting this quiz together. Um, there is a bonus point on offer oh, yeah, yeah. because sure, there's one, there is one one more player that has played for Chelsea twice. Can you name him? Oh my word! Oh, right. This, I'm gonna have to get this my. This is the fig- Premier League. Yeah, this is in the Premier League era, by the way. This I don't think this. When I was researching no, this, I don't Jog- think it was before 1992. Jogba. Jog- Jog- Correct, Didier Drogba. Yes, two spells at Chelsea. Um, Yeah, just players that you... Oh, Drogba sort of wanted to leave because he was getting on a bit. But yeah, players that you sold and then bought back again. They needed him back. That was the problem. (laughs) He left. He left. He stopped scoring goals and he came back and he stopped scoring goals again. So, Right. Question number two. It's going to get a little bit more tricky now, but I'll try and give you some clues if you need them. Um, Question number two. What connects these four moments... So, we've got Alexis McAllister versus Manchester United in May 2023. Alex Iwobi versus Newcastle in March 2022. Bruno Fernandes versus Brighton in September 2020. And Dejan Kulisewski versus Sheffield United in September 2023. Right, okay. When was the Kulisewski one? Kulisewski is versus Sheffield United in September 2023. September 2023, so he's, that's, like, now. Cooler. Yeah, it was, the, it was the other week, I think. Kulazowski. So just run through him again. Uh, so, Alexis McAllister versus Manchester United in May 2023. Alex Iwobi against Newcastle in March 2022. Bruno Fernandes against Brighton in September 2020, and Dejan Kulisewski against Sheffield United in September 2023. There's something that connects all four of those moments. Um, if you need a, a, a helping hand, I'll see what I can do. And then, so it was McAllister. Who was the middle player? McAllister. It was big versus Newcastle in March 22. Bruno Fernandez versus Brighton in September 2020. And Kulisewski. Yeah, no, I, I can't think of anything. I'm... I'll see. I'll see if I can give you a clue. So it's um, uh, it is a it's a record. So. Each one of them is a particular record within the Premier League. It's the top four of a certain. Okay. Can't say too much without giving it away fully. Well, they're all sort of midfielders. They're all. Is this something like. The latest goals in the Premier League, or correct? Yeah, oh, God, I'll give you the point wait, for that because that I was a lot of thinking. Yeah. I spun that out of nowhere. Yeah, they are the they're the four latest Premier League goals to win games. Um, yeah, that was that's probably about as hard as they get. I think oh, so. Well done, well done on that. <laughs> Question number three: yeah. What feat connects these four players? Andy Cole versus Ipswich in 94-95. Alan Shearer versus Sheffield Wednesday in 
Jermaine Defoe versus Wigan in 2009-10, and Dimitar Berbatov versus Blackfoot Blackburn in 2010-11. This is this players have scored five goals in the game. Oof, hang on, hang on, hang on. Is that hang on? Four or five? A uh, five. Correct. It is indeed. Players that have scored five goals in a game. There is another player who scored five goals in a game, so there is an extra point up for grabs if you can name him. Um, 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 um. Five goals in a game. No. Any guess? Is it a recent one? More recent than those, yeah. That, they were in order. Okay. No, my mind's gone blank. Unlucky. We well, got the main part of the question right, yeah. but the, the, the fifth was Sergio Aguero. Scored five oh. goals. <laughs> five goals for Man City. Right, it's a sequence one up next. Who is next? In this sequence, Nemanja Vidic, 2013, Vincent Kompany, 2014, John Terry, 2015. Oh, bloody hell. Um, Vidic, 2013. Terry, 20. The, the, well, I'm assuming it's the, the, it's going to be 2016, but that's just my. It is. It is 2016. There's no spoilers there. Zivic. Who was the second one? Sorry. Nemanja Vidic, 2013. Vincent Company, 2014. John Terry, 2015. And then blank. Oh, this is a bit of a thinker in this one. Uh, oh my word! I'll see uh, if I can think of a clear one. So twenty sixteen. So this is going to be. So they're all defenders. So that's even. It's leading me to either clean sheets or red cards or. I'm, I'll, I'll stop you from going down the wrong route and give you a clue. Is, it's is more about what... No, no, no. It was more yeah. about something that was achieved in each year that isn't necessarily, like, stats-related. It's more to do with uh-huh. trophies, I suppose, without giving it away. Yeah, so... Fedich, Vincent Company, John Terry, 2016. I have no idea. I'll I'll just say Vincent Company again. Uh, I think he was the year after. Um, It's Wes Morgan, 2016. Right, so this is... is If you can tell me why... Well, this is... I'll give you half a point. Well, they've won the league, so yeah, and they're, they're cap- I guess they're captains. Correct. Won the league. Yeah, they were the the Premier League winning team captains for those years. So I'll give you half a point for that because you got the link in the end, even if you didn't get the last one. So it's fine. Um, this one is the one I genuinely love writing it. I don't know whether you're going to get it right or not, but you're going to get a massive it. kick out of this one. Okay, so what connects these clues? John Barnes did it in 1990. Paul Gascoigne did it in 1990. Glenn Hoddle and Chris Waddle did it together in 1987. And the Yeovil Town Squad did it in 2004. I've just added it in there because I saw Yeovil come up when I was looking at this and I thought I've got to include some question about this. Uh, it's just so random. I don't, I don't... It is. <laughs> it's just so random. 
Um, so it's this. I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a clue for this one. So this is um, not really football related. It's kind of away from football. They did something extracurricular to football in those years. Okay, right. Uh, extracurricular. I'd say John Barnes from 1990 is probably the biggest clue. Something that we all know. Is this to do? Is this to do with singing? Is this to do with something to do with singing? Yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you that. So they all had UK top forty singles. Yeah. In those years, so John Barnes obviously. Yeah. With yeah, World in Motion, New Order, Paul Gascoigne had a song out in 1990 with Linda Svan. Glenn Hoddle and Chris Waddle made it to number 12 in 1987. And the Yeovil Town Squad made it to number 36 in 2004. Did you know this, Chris? Because this was new on me. Is is it a song with the Wurzels? Uh, Oh, I don't actually know. Um, I'll have to find out about... Hang on. Right, let me research it. Um... It may well be with the Wurzels. Knowing Yeovil Town, I might have to come back to you. Um, it's called Yeovil True. Yeah. It doesn't say that it was with the Wurzels, but it was called Yeovil True, and it made it to number 36 in the official UK singles chart in 2004. There you go. I thought you'd enjoy that. Um, I mean, the, the song, um, I mean, the, the, unfortunately, <laughs> the song was based on a war song called Two Little Boys, which is also made famous by Rolf Harris. So. OK, well, <laughs> I, I did not know this. I haven't listened to it. But anyway, we'll move swiftly on from that. We'll move on to question number six. You're doing very well so far, because this is probably the most difficult quiz I've put together. Um, what links these four people? Joe okay. Mercer. Oh, Howard on. Wilkinson. Hey, well, you've you've you threw me with Joe Mercer. Go on. Okay, Joe Mercer, Howard Wilkinson, Peter Taylor, and Stuart Pearce. Right. Well, they're they're definitely. Oh. Howard Wilkinson, Stuart Pearce. I have no idea. I think it's it might be something to do with England, but I'm not sure. It is something to do with England. Yeah. I'll let I'll let you have that as a clue. It is something to do with England. Not necessarily playing for them. Oh, I don't know. Uh is it have they all been assistant managers for England? Do you know what? You're you're so close. I will give you. I'll give you half a point for okay. it. They've all been England's caretaker manager. We've only okay. ever had four caretaker managers. Okay. Joe Mercer, Howard Wilkinson, Peter Taylor, and Stuart Pearce. And I've got a fun fact because while I was researching this, I loved a fun fact. Peter Taylor was the first England manager to make David Beckham captain. There mm. you go. Who knew? Um, question number seven: What football club connects these four players? Nick Powell. Dean Ashton, Danny Murphy, and David Platt. They all played for a club. Dean Ashton. David Platt. That's a random one. That's Again. That is a blast from the past. Villa, uh-huh. Villa legend David Platt, so I had to include him. Villa isn't the answer, by the way. You're giving me the answer. Um... Say him again. Uh, Nick, Powell, Nick Powell, Dean Ashton, Danny Murphy, and David Platt. See, I think Dean Ashton only really played for like a handful of, of teams. But it ain't Norwich and it ain't West Ham, so I'm missing the link. I'm missing the, yeah. uh, the other. In fact, team. I think they all started at. This club, I want to say, they might be wrong, but they all probably played for this club quite early in their career. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I am going to have to wave the white flag on this one because I cannot think. Because Dean Ashton is, is, I know, has only played, well, in my head, has only played for Norwich and West Ham, so I'm assuming this is where Norwich bought him from. Uh, I'm just, just researching, just researching. Yes, it is where Norwich <laughs> bought him from. Yeah, it's Crew Alexandra. Oh, yeah. They yeah. all, all play for Crew. Um, and they're, they're prolific academy. Seth Johnson as well, Robbie Savage all came through there. Um, okay, no points to that one. I can't, can't give you any for that. Um, what links these four clues? Go Tim on, Flowers, 72 seconds in 1995. Steven Gerrard, 38 seconds in 2015. Dave Kitson, 37 seconds in 2007. And Keith Gillespie, 12 seconds in 2007. Okay, so this is... Well, it's definitely not goals. <laughs> flowers in <isn't> there. <laughs> no. Um... Just say the, the names again. Yeah, just say the names. Uh, Tim Flowers, Stephen yeah. Gerrard, Dave Kitson, and Keith Gillespie. Yeah, I, I'm just working in my head what this could be because it's not going to be goals, it's not going to be saves, so it's going to have to be... There's only one stat really that they all share, and that's cards. So this is more than likely because I vaguely remember Gerard. Is this like fastest sendings off? It is indeed. Yes. Yeah. They're the four fastest red cards in Premier League history. Um, yeah, Keith Gillespie after 12 seconds, that is pretty impressive. That was four outfield players, I never would have <laughs> yeah. got that. Yeah, that's why I, I thought Tim Flowers being in there kind of gives you a chance, because it, like yeah. you say, couldn't, couldn't be goals or assists, really. Um, so yeah, they're the four, four fastest red cards in Premier League history. Uh, who is next in this list? Oh, God, these are the, <laughs> the hard ones. Excuse Go me on a there. second. Um, yeah, who is next in this list? Aaron Lennon, August 2003. Izzy Brown, May 2013. Matthew Briggs, May 2007. Harvey Elliott, May 2019. And then blank. Who comes next in that list? I will accept it if you don't give me their name. If you can just give me the link between each of them, that will... So it was easily it, sorry, it was, point. It was Lennon, Izzy Aaron Brown, Lennon, Izzy Brown, Matthew, Matthew Briggs, Briggs, Harvey Elliott, and Blank. Well, they're all English, so they are all English. Would the connection be maybe something to do with under twenty-one players? You're not far away. Ooh, I'm close. You are close. Maybe under eighteen players. Um, <laughs> I, you just—I think you need to drop the nationality. Um, okay, yeah. so are they the? I've got to think of the, an actual name here, haven't I? I will give you the point if you just get the link between them. Um, but if you can name the next person in the list, are they the I'll give you youngest, a bonus point. Youngest Premier League goal scorers. Oh, so close. So, okay. so close. The youngest. Um, uh, think le- just think a bit less specific. I don't know. Just the youngest scorers. <laughs> they're just they're just the youngest players to play in the Premier League. Youngest players um, uh-huh. in in. 
that's in order of how old they were when they played. So, so the young... I'm got to try and think of a name, a name yeah. as well. So if you okay. can get the youngest player in the Premier League, I will give you a point. Youngest ever? Have you got like a year? I could. I do. September okay. 2022. Wait, that's like not. Yeah, this player is currently. Uh, he was born in 2007 and he is currently oh, 16 no. years old. What's his name? What's his name? He's an Arsenal player, isn't he? He, he is an Arsenal player. He was 15. That's ridiculous. How, I bet he's out on loan now. Um, his first name begins with an E, I'm sure of it. Like an Ethan Elliot. You, you're, you're right first time. Yeah. He oh, he's e- 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 Ethan. Ethan. Yeah, I'm not going to get that surname, though. No. He's Ethan Nguaneri. Yeah. Um, yeah. I who... remember that now. Made his debut last last season. I think it was last season. Um, I think we actually spoke about that a year yeah. ago, I think. Yeah, 15 years old. That is crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, I'll give you half a point because you got the youngest element How to many it. Have I got? How many points have I got? Um, you've, you've, I'm going to have to add this up now. So you've got, you've got two points on the first question. Second one you got right, so that's three. Third one you got right, so that's four. Four and a half. Five and a half, six, seven, seven and a half out of nine so oh, far. Sorry, you got on you got one question left, oh, and no. that is what football club links these four celebrities? You got Prince William, Tom Hanks, Brendan Gleeson, and oh, Simon Le Bon. Aston Villa. Correct. I just had to add that in there. You got right, your Chelsea the, question. The, at the, the uh, well, yes, yeah, Prince William. Yeah, they are all famous Aston Villa good, fans. Good to know you got a few. If you are, yeah, yeah, we've got we've got a few. Eight and a half out of ten. I'll take That's that. not too bad. I'm not going to lie, bad I'm at sweating all. a little bit. <laughs> There's a few painful ones in there, but um, yeah, I just thought it was worth doing something different yeah, this it's week. Good. It was it's fun putting that one together. Your turn to make me sweat now. Okay, um, who am I? Yes. So it's a retired player. Okay. So I can give you all of the um, teams, but you're going to get it straight away because we've already mentioned him in the (laughs) the podcast. Nice. So, yeah, great. Uh, So, uh, Le Mans, uh, Guingamp, Marseille, Chelsea... Shanghai, Shenua, Galatasaray, Chelsea, Montreal Impact, and Phoenix Rising. So hey, it's whittled we, it down <laughs> to only five players because you actually did <laughs> a question yeah. on this already. I did. That's, uh, we should plan this a little bit better, shouldn't That's we, really? Crazy. So, yeah, it's, that would be Didier Drogba. It is Didier Drogba. So I did that because I was thinking of his goals that he scored for Chelsea. I think we them right now. It wasn't going to be um, Graham Lasso, was it? it wasn't, Graham Lasso wasn't going to play out in he, Montreal. He played exactly 500 games in, in his club career um, across all the teams he played for. Exactly 500, scoring 212 goals. It's not uh, too bad, is it? It's one and in, his Chelsea one in two, record is pretty good. 226 appearances, 100 goals exactly. Um, his Ivory Coast record, though, was pretty decent. It, it's 105 games he played. He scored 65 goals. Not bad at all, is it, really? that For international football, that is a pretty good ratio, you've got to, got to say. Um, so, yeah. I mean, wherever he's been, he has scored quite a few goals. Um, but, yeah, I guess he's up there with Chelsea's best ever signings. Yeah, struggle to replace him. I think, haven't you? Yeah. Really? I don't think there's been a striker since him. Maybe Diego Costa for a year or two, but... We haven't had that spine really, no. in the World Cup since, since Terry Lampard and Drogba and Czech moved on. You know, that was all reliable. The glory <laughs> is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
starting to reminisce a little bit now. <laughs> That's all I got now is is, is memories. So it's all the memories. At least you got a few European trophies. Don't worry, mate. I've been dining on ours for well since yeah. 1982. Yeah, I'll have to start showing the kids the the the, the Champions League finals. And stuff. <laughs> Just to prove that uh, you know at one stage they were pretty good. So yeah, cool. Uh, anything else, Liam? Not this week. So we'll be back next week.